Welcome to Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here's your host, D.C. Lundberg. You bet. It's another Division Day crossover. Not only is this Locked On Mariners, this is also Locked On Angels. Both parts of the Locked On Podcast Network, or T-L-O-P-N, or TLOPN, as I like to say, of course. Please remember to download, rate, and subscribe to both of these great programs using whichever podcasting app that you personally care to use. Ask your smart device to play Locked On Angels podcast and Locked On Mariners podcast, but not at the same time. That'd be ridiculous. But subscribe to them both, and also, of course, any other program on Slop and ask your smart device to play that as well. Yes, two shows recording at the very same time. Locked On Angels audience, I am DC Lundberg. You've heard me a few times before, though in probably better condition than I am now. And Locked On Mariners listeners, I present to you the more competent host of the day. That would be Mr. Brent McGuire. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. I'm glad to talk some Angels and Mariners baseball. Absolutely. Um, Why don't you go first and ask me some stuff about the uh, Mariners while I figure out what I'm going to ask you about the Angels. Yeah, of course. Uh, I think my first question is really just around the Mariners offseason as a whole. It felt like it wasn't quite as active as we're used to seeing from a Jerry (laughs) DePoto-led offseason. So I want to get your thoughts on some of the additions or maybe the lack of additions that they made and how the team currently stands heading into the season. Well, I'm actually not surprised that they had a pretty quiet offseason. The previous few offseasons, they were really trying to reload the farm system to be in position to be to have a successful rebuild. And that rebuild seems, that project seems as if it's starting to be completed. So the need to acquire a bunch of younger players for a bunch of veterans just wasn't there. Plus the the veterans just were not there because the roster is very young. So that doesn't surprise me at the least. I'm also not surprised that they decided to focus on the bullpen because that was definitely the biggest weakness the Mariners had last year. Keenan Middleton, former Angel, is now a Mariner. I'm very excited to see what he can do in the regular season. I know he had a poor 2020, but at the same time, he knows what he needs to do to do to improve. My listeners have heard this a few times before. He felt like he was too reliant on his fastball. He knows he needs to mix his pitches better. So he knows what he needs to do. So for that reason, I'm excited to see if he can improve. But I guess that's kind of really the reason why there wasn't as much activity as there was in previous offseason, since the rebuild project is starting to be completed and the need to acquire a bunch of young players just is not there anymore. Yeah, that that all makes sense to me. And kind of just looking at their outlook for this season, this kind of feels like the last year of this rebuild that's been kind of going on. Is that how it feels to you? Because it feels like this is kind of the transition year of sorts. You've got those really high-level blue-chip prospects who are starting to make their way up to the majors. Guys like Jared Kelenic, Julio Rodriguez should be up in the majors at some point this year. Does this kind of feel like the last year and then things are going to really get rolling I think that depends on how the pitching staff does and I also think Julio Rodriguez probably is maybe a year or two away I think he's only 20 years old he's very very young Kelnick um before he got injured, was making a case to be the starting left fielder. He's much closer to the major leagues than Rodriguez is. So Rodriguez is one to keep an eye on for maybe 2022, maybe 2023. I'm not exactly sure. But the pitching was just so bad last year. It was it was that bad. The worst bullpen in the American League. The middle of the bullpen this year, I still have... I think it's still questionable. The back end is, I think, a little bit more solidified than it was last year. And the back end of the rotation, I'm also not quite a fan of. I want to see how the pitching shakes out before I make a prediction on 2022. But if the pitching can greatly improve and 
just be adequate. They don't even need to be an asset. They just need to be adequate because the offense, I think, is going to be fine. If that can be the case, then I think that they can put themselves in a position to contend in 2022. And if the pitching continues to struggle, then they've got some more work to do. That all makes sense. I think my last like real like broad-level question I have for you is just regarding the job that Jerry DePoto and company have done with the Mariners and it's you know he was very very active when he first came over from the Angels he's kind of embarked on this rebuild over the last couple of years do you agree with the process that they've kind of taken to get to this point I do now uh when it, when it, they first you know kind of tore it down I was left scratching my head a little bit um I was very happy to see Mike Zanino traded right away <laughs> quite honestly I wasn't the biggest Mike Zanino fan um and then when Paxton was traded, James Paxton to the Yankees, I was pretty pissed off. But then when I realized that they were in the middle of a rebuild, I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. I was not happy to see Edwin Diaz go. I was very happy to see Robinson Cano go. Um, Edwin Diaz not has not had the best career as a Met so far, so that trade is looking like it's pretty good. Besides, Jer- they got Jared Kelnick in that particular trade. And I said at the time that for this trade to be viewed as a success that the Mariners need to get a perennial all-star out of it, considering the historic season that Edwin Diaz had the year before. Kelnick is looking like he might be that perennial all-star that obviously remains to be seen. Justin Dunn also came over in that trade, and right now he's at the back of the rotation. And I'm not real high on him, only because he walks way too many hitters and gives up way too many home runs. But if he reigns those numbers in, then I think he can be a successful starter. But he has to correct those issues. Gotcha. Okay, I do have one last question for you. It kind of ties in with the Angels as well. Maybe we can talk about this at the end as well. But sure. yeah. I'm curious to know, who do you think is going to make the playoffs first? The Angels or the Mariners? Oh, my goodness. Um, I thought the Angels were a much better team than they showed in the first half of the season last year. I'm surprised that they got up to such a poor start. Um, And I was actually going to ask you a similar question uh, in B-Block about what you thought the Angels were going to do this year. I really don't know. I mean, the Mariners are not going to make the playoffs this year, obviously. I think they're a 500 team at best this year. Um, And I really can't make a prediction because I'm waiting to see how the pitching staff for the Mariners does. And uh, beyond that, I'm really waiting to see how that shakes out before I can make any sort of prediction. I'm sorry. Nope, that totally makes sense. I think that's all I got from my end regarding the Mariners. It it does feel like this is the team that's going to be extremely active next offseason. Like, yeah, they were a little... It was a little underwhelming this offseason for obvious reasons, but Mm -hmm. I am looking forward to see what they do next offseason with the amount of uh, talent that's going to hit free agency and kind of where they're at in their process right now. I think next offseason, um, I'd be looking at a few different positions that the Mariners might be looking at through free agency. Obviously, pitching. You can never have enough pitching. And I'm saying this not knowing who the potential free agents are, obviously. But they could probably be looking at another starting pitcher just to really solidify that rotation. James Paxton has only been re-signed on a one-year deal, and I don't know if they're going to want to sign him to an extension or not if he has a good season. Left field is a bit of a question mark right now. Um, Jared Kelnick, as I said, was might have been on track to be the starting left fielder before he got hurt. Taylor Trammell has had a very good spring. He might be in the mix for left field. The biggest question marks are third base and second base, where Dylan Moore is probably going to be the starting second baseman come opening day. Shedlong Jr. has not played at all in spring training. He's coming off a leg injury, 
and he just hasn't been able to play. He also had a very poor 2020. And third base, this is the final year of Kyle Seager's contract, and I would be very surprised if they sign him to an extension given his age and declining skills. But at the same time, it's much easier to find an outfielder in free agency than it is a third baseman or second baseman. It kind of depends on... And also, Dylan Moore can play third base. So Dylan Moore and Shedlong Jr., if they both have good years, might be your starters at second base and third base, respectively, or some combination thereof. So left field, third base, second base, and pitching is where I'd be looking to see what the Mariners do in free agency this offseason. All right, good stuff. If you want to, we want to switch over doing angel stuff now. Well, I think this is actually uh, a good time to take a break. We're actually right on schedule for a change. And this is the part of my program where I have a trivia corner. Today I have a trivia question, and it's angel themed. Who was the last angel to lead the American League in earned run average? Hmm. I will give you the answer following this word from Built Bar, the greatest protein bar in the history of greatest protein bars. Not only do they taste great, not only are they high in protein and fiber, but eating two a day will guarantee that you'll become wealthy and successful and surrounded by attractive people of the sex that you prefer. Okay, that last one's a stretch, but they are low in carbohydrates, calories, and sugar. And gang, now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It's Built Bar Madness. As we're recording this on Sunday, we do not yet know what Wednesday's matchup will be, but go to BuiltBar.com or Bar underscore Built on Twitter. And if you try to use promo code Blurgity Bloggity Blurgleblop, nothing happens. So just use promo code LOCKED15 instead to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar. Built Bar, it's finger-licking good. Answer to the trivia question, the last angel to lead the AL and earn run average. Brent, do you have any sort of guess of who this might be? I've got a couple names at the top of my head. This Try is, them. This is tough. I, I want to say Jared Weaver back in 2011, but I feel like I might be wrong. Right era, wrong pitcher. So who, who was Dan? Just, just a few years prior to that, but not many. So we're talking, are we talking John Lackey? Are we talking Irvin Santana? We are, we are actually talking John Lackey. You're right. It was John okay. Lackey in 2007, whose 301 earned run average was tops in the junior circuit. Huh. Coming up, I ask Brent questions about the Angels while I slowly sink into a giant vat of molasses. Now, back to Locked On Mariners and your host, D.C. Lundberg. Yes, indeed. A Locked On Angels, Locked On Mariners crossover today. And while we've got you covered on the ends and Angels, what about the rest of sports? Well, here is Brent McGuire to tell you about a great podcast to which you should be subscribing. We're covering everything that you need to know about both the Angels and the Mariners, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need in every morning under 20 minutes. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Now talking about the Angels just a little bit, and to get the uh, Locked On Angels listeners up to speed, my listeners are going to get so tired of hearing this, but I did not pay a whole lot of attention to the offseason because of some health issues, which I'm still 
kind of going through, which is why I sound so horrible. Um, so I just have kind of more general questions than I do specific questions. And I guess the first one I'll ask was, I was very surprised that the Angels got out to the poor start that they did last season. I thought they were going to be a lot better. They picked it up in the second half of the abbreviated season. And I was wondering what you thought was attributing to both the poor start and the 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 follow-up, which was much stronger. So, like everything else in 2020, it was a very weird year. It was a weird season for the Angels. They had a couple of things that were plaguing them right from the beginning. But, I mean, the obvious answer is pitching. The pitching was not there. It hasn't been there. And it just killed them pretty much for most of the season. Yes, they made that little run at the end, but this is still a team that finished near the bottom in basically every possible category for pitching. The offense has been there. We all know that at this point. Mm -hmm. We've talked about it time and time again. Mike Trout, other players are able to produce runs, but the pitching just absolutely derailed everything once again. So we'll see if it changes this year. This would be the first time that uh, if they are actually able to put out a competent staff, it'd be the first time in about a half decade or so. (laughs) And do you think that there is a chance that the pitching will improve for the Angels this year? I'm a heck of a lot more optimistic than I was even two weeks ago, and I'll be the first to say that spring training stats pretty much don't mean anything. Right. That being said, Shohei Otani looks very good, looks reminiscent to 2018. Shohei Otani, Alex Cobb, who I was very critical of in terms of uh, just acquiring him, has looked a lot better after going to driveline this offseason, fixing his mechanics a little bit. So I'm a little more optimistic right now, but I also recognize that I'm an Angels fan and I've been down this road before. So (laughs) cautiously optimistic at the moment. (laughs) You did mention Mike Trout on the offense. And I'll ask you this. Is it possible to bar Mike Trout from ever playing against the Mariners again? Because I feel like if he never played against the Mariners, his career OPS would be about 85 points lower. It, it's a great question, and it's it's really like right from the very beginning of his career, he's just killed the Mariners. I mean, his first multi-home run game came in Seattle. I vividly remember surprise, those surprise. two home runs. And he's, I mean, he's done that since then. I mean, he has hit some of his farthest home runs in Seattle and, I mean, at home. And mm-hmm. I'm sure you re- recall all the home runs against Felix Hernandez, and we're talking peak Felix Hernandez, not like the current form of Felix Hernandez. We're talking Mike Trout taking the, one of the best pitchers uh, in baseball deep mm-hmm. just felt like every game so yeah I, I <laughs> for your sake I, I would help you out but it kind of helps the Angels out that he continues to do this oh of course no I, I'm a Mike Trout fan gang you you cannot you cannot follow baseball and not love Mike Trout he should be the face of the game there's another Angel who is a personal favorite of mine David Fletcher I love the way David Fletcher plays the game and in 2019 or yeah, it was either 2019 or 2020, I don't remember, that the Angels were kind of planning on having him being something of an everyday utility player, playing multiple positions. And I was just kind of wondering what the plan was for him going forward. I love the way he plays the game. He's not going to strike out very much. He puts the bat on the ball. He can run. He can run the bases pretty well. And he plays defense. The only thing that's short for him is home run power, which I don't really care about. And his arm might play a little short for shortstop, but he's still adequate there, I think. Um, what's the plan with David Fletcher in terms of what position he'll we'll see be seeing him most at this season, even though that grammar was very poor? So this is the first year he's kind of penciled in at one specific position. He's going to be their second baseman. Oh, good. And okay. He could play some shortstop depending on how the season shakes out, but they mm-hmm. did go out and acquire Jose Iglesias. So the plan is to have David Fletcher at second base. But just touching on him as a player, he, he's a complete anomaly in this era. This yes, is, he is 
the type of guy you see in this day and age. He is the game's premier bat-to-ball hitter, and it's not just making contact in the zone. I swear to you, he has made contact on pitches <laughs> that are two feet above his head, two feet below the zone, out of the zone. It is, it's remarkable that he's able to do this in this era where everybody is throwing just absolute gas and these killer breaking balls. It's, it's quite remarkable. I, lo- I love watching him play for those reasons. I mean, those are the players I like, the guys who are not going to strike out, who put the bat on the ball. I'm not a big proponent of the, of the modern power game, as so many players are, and David Fletcher certainly fits that profile to a T. I get maybe that's why I enjoy watching him as I do. We're actually coming up on our second break, and at this time, I ask my listeners to email the show if they got a question or a comment, and I'll extend this invitation to Locked On Angels listeners as well. If you have a question or a comment, send an email to LockedOnMariners at gmail.com. I will reply to it on the air in a future mailbag episode. Questions and comments on any subject are not only welcome, they are encouraged. There was one episode where me and my guest spent the entire time answering a question about rock and roll. I've answered questions about bowling. I've answered questions about curling. Ask bizarre, silly questions. Send in jokes. If they are clean, they will make it on the air. But do bear in mind that this is a family show, so please do keep it appropriate. Coming up, I watched the Roth Holman PBA Doubles Championship that aired Sunday afternoon. Uh, but not until Brent and I have finished the show. We'll continue our conversation after this vital word of importance from betonline.ag. Take it away, Brent. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. We've got baseball coming very soon. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. You can get real-time, updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it is the best place to place your bets and free to sign up. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to Locked On Mariners. Here once again is your host, D.C. Lundberg. You bet another Division Day crossover, gang. Brent McGuire and D.C. Lundberg back with you, the hosts of Locked On Angels and Locked On Mariners, respectively. And you fantasy baseball addicts now have a new resource to help give you an advantage in your leagues that is none other than Locked On Fantasy Baseball. It's a daily fantasy baseball podcast hosted by veteran fantasy analyst Scott Cullen. Still don't know if he's related to Bill Cullen or not. I don't think so. But he uses data and nearly two decades of fantasy experience to offer the strategies and waiver wire pickups that will lead to league wins, gang. Season-long fantasy, Dynasty League's DFS, Locked On Fantasy Baseball covers it all. Subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, yes, we are back. Uh, Locked on Angels, Locked on Mariners, another crossover. Brent McGuire is one of the newer hosts here on the Locked on Podcast Network. Has uh, This is his first appearance on Locked on Mariners. I've been on Locked on Angels a few times with Taylor Blake Ward. So, Brent McGuire, please take the opportunity to kind of introduce yourself to the Locked on Mariners listeners. Yeah, so how's it going, everybody? Uh, like DC just said, this is my, really, this is my first full regular season coming into Locked on Angels. And I was kind of thrown into the shuffle late last season, so I did definitely felt a little out of place for a couple months, but I feel like I finally got myself a little bit grounded. We're coming into a full season, and it kind of feels like we have normal baseball coming. So, yeah, I'm really excited to 
to be here at the network. I have just grown to love everything that the Locked On Network is doing and just so excited to be uh, continuing to meet new people like uh, DC today. Excellent. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to have you here as well, sir. And, you know, I, I, I'm just shooting from the hip today, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I'm not exactly sure what else I could ask um, Brent about the Angels that doesn't involve the mid-90s when he was not very old. <laughs> so I don't know. I, he does not have any memories of 1995, I am sure. I've got a few years on him. So uh, anything else about the Mariners or anything else about the Angels that you would just like to say off the cuff, uh, Brent? Yeah, so I like we were just talking about before, I'm sure Mariners fans are sick of Mike Trout and all of the home runs, but I will say the Angels are going to be a lot of fun to watch this year just because it does look like Shohei Otani's going to do the two-way thing again. So I'm very much looking forward to some of the matchups between the Angels and Mariners this year, but I guess on a like a long-term basis, I'm really looking forward to the Mariners here in the next couple of seasons. I uh, have... Obviously, mixed feelings about Jerry Depoto. There were some uh, <laughs> issues between him and both the uh, the front office and the managerial stuff going on in Anaheim when he left. But I will say, I think he's done a great job in Seattle. I think he's built up a very, very good and deep farm system. And yeah, I, I'm excited to see the Mariners get back to the playoffs. And maybe that's going to get me into some, some hot water <laughs> with the Locked On Angels crowd. But I, I think it's time for the, the Mariners to kind of make that next push. It's it's certainly been a while. I mean, we're not talking Pittsburgh Pirates levels of bad here, but we are talking, well, the last time they made the playoffs was 2001, and they had two good seasons after that where the rest of the West was just that much better. The Angels included in that mix. I think they won 93 games in 2002 and finished third in the West. That's how good the division was back then, gang, if you don't remember. And as far as the Angels go... Um, there was um last time they made was the last time no the last time they've made the playoffs since winning the World Series in two thousand two. A few times, haven't they? They have. They haven't made it back since twenty fourteen, and since that hmm. time it's been nothing but pain. So hopefully that changes <laughs> soon. Uh was Mike Trout a part of the team at that time? He was. That was his first MVP award season. Okay. If there's one player in baseball right now who I would like to see win a World Series, I would say that it has to be Mike Trout because, as I said, he should be the face of baseball. He is super fun to watch, super talented, and he's good with the fans. He's got the right attitude to go along with the skill set. That's why I feel like he should be the face of baseball. Any And Mariners fans might be sick of Mike Trout's production. I don't think they're sick of Mike Trout as Mike Trout. Does that make sense? totally makes sense but like i totally i i get it i've talked to fans from other fan bases within the division and they're all they're sick of seeing mike trout homer against them but they also respect just how phenomenal he's been yeah i mean i would much rather see mike trout do well against other teams i think i feel like the mariners kind of have it the worst i've gone over his numbers against the mariners on a previous show last season and i think that if memory serves his slugging percentage against the Mariners is the highest versus any other team. He's got the most career home runs against the Mariners than any other team. So while the other hosts, while the other teams in the division might be sick of it, the Mariners fans have every reason to be sick of that. Now, if he has a bad season against the Mariners, I'm not going to complain, obviously. But I do, I do want uh, Mike Trout to be successful because I think baseball needs him. 
Agreed. And I'm, my, my biased take is I agree with you. I want <laughs> I want Mike Trout to win that World Series so the Angels can win that World Series. I'm, I'm ready for it again. Absolutely. Um, I'm not exactly sure what else uh, we can be talking about, Brent. Anything else that's on your mind? Because we do have a few minutes to chew up here. I'm so before we even came on the show, I was I wanted to ask about Kevin Mather, but at this point, I, I feel like whatever you've said about him is already over, and I feel like it takes away from everything that the Mariners have built up over the last couple of years. And yeah. like I said, I, I'm very much excited to see what Seattle does in the next couple of seasons. They've got a farm system that is just very exciting. They don't have a lot of payroll on their books for the next next couple of years. And I again, next season, I would not be shocked if they were like the most active team in all of baseball and adding talent because of the low payroll. I agree with you next year. I was asked a question prior to, I don't remember when this was, I think it was just after the off season um, about, do you think well, it was before the free agent, uh, you know, it was before the winter meetings and somebody asked me, um, what do you think the Mariners are going to do in free agency? You know, they can go after this position. They can go after that position. And I kind of said, yeah, hold your horses. Let's see how 2021 goes first. And then this off season, this upcoming off season might be the one where they add that piece to resistance free agent that can put them over the top. So I agree with you completely. Yeah. Like I said, I I'm really looking forward to it. I don't know if they necessarily are going to go in the shortstop market, but even the pitching market, yes, Clayton Kershaw, Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, they're all going to be older, but those guys are available. And it's, I'm very much excited to see what Seattle does. I don't know if the Mariners are going to be able to afford talent like that, but it would be certainly be interesting if they could. And I don't think they're going to be in the shortstop market unless JP Crawford just has an awful season. Last I was, he was one of the he was one of the ones that suffered most from the shortened season. In 2019, he really faded in the second half of the season. The Mariners were after him to bulk up and to get stronger so he could last a full season. Last year should have been that test, but this year's going to be that test. So it kind of remains to be seen if J.P. Crawford can handle a workload for a full season. I'm really not sure. I hope he can because he's awfully fun to watch play shortstop when he doesn't suffer from mental lapses. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Why he we... still throws too many balls away, but um, but he also knows this, and he's working on that to to stay more focused so he won't make so many throwing errors. Yeah, no, that, that totally makes sense. Uh, you want to wrap up by doing some win predictions for both teams this year? I know that's not very fun, but uh, we'll put, yeah. put each other on the spot. Sure. So how many wins do you see Seattle obtaining this year? Can I give you a range instead of a specific number? You absolutely can. I would say 79 to 82. Okay. That sounds about right. I think right. they're around like... a 500 team. Yeah. And if yeah, the pitching sense. surprises me, it's going to be more, but I don't really have faith in the middle of the bullpen right now. Okay. Or yeah. the back end of the rotation. Gotcha. In regards to the Angels, I think I've got them a little bit above that. I think their low end is, I mean, it could be below 500. I hope not. I <laughs> I have them between 81 to 85 wins, but mm-hmm. I, their their range of variance is it, it's quite extreme. So we'll see. All righty. I think that's just about to wrap it up, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, next time on Locked on Mariners, I will be joined by Dr. Jason Seaver, Fozzie Bear, and a pitcher of Huckleberry Iced Tea. You will not want to miss that conversation, so download, rate, and subscribe. Look for both Locked on Mariners and Locked on Angels on any podcasting app that springs into your brain head. Brent, thank you very much for appearing on Locked on Mariners. It was a pleasure appearing on your show simultaneously. Take us home. 
Yeah, so listeners of Locked on Angels, uh, stay tuned for more Angel Spring training coverage. Most likely we'll be talking about more Shohei Otani later on in the week and everything else that Mike Trout is doing. So, yeah, just make sure to stay tuned for that. This is Joey Martin speaking for Locked on Mariners, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.